Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Yes, a Stripper podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. This is somebody that I have known through the pole dance community for a long time, but someone who we really clicked right away because we were both strippers or ex-strippers at the time. And, you know, something that I really enjoy about my journey as a sex worker and stripper and pole dancer is that I've been able to kind of go in and out of, of doing different levels of stripping and sex work. And, you know, I find that compatibility with our next guests in that, like, I think that we share that similar type of way of being. And, you know, and that's the thing about like stripping and sex work and that line of work is that you don't always feel like doing things a certain way and you can go in and out of, and you can sort of be fluid about, okay, do, you know, like for instance, I started off as a nude stripper and then I, then I did bikini stripping and then eventually I did topless. And then, you know, I've done a version of full service before, like very briefly. And so I think that the, the, a lot of misconceptions around sex work is that if you're doing one thing, like you are that thing, like you are labeled that way. Whereas like, you know, that's just not how real life is. I don't think any, in any area of life that, um, we have to be beholden to one way of being just because that's the way we've been, you know, and I think that in the sex worker world, like from the outsider's perspective, it's like, oh, you're that thing, then you're that thing. Whereas really it's like, no, sometimes, sometimes like I might want to have sex in front of people for money. And then another time I might never want to take my clothes off and still dance centrally for people. And that has a lot to do with like what I'm, what me personally, I'm going through in that time and in that moment. And I know that being friends with our next guest with Lisa. I've, I've experienced a similar type of way of being in life with her. Sometimes she's a stripper and sometimes she's not a stripper and like whatever. And that's how a lot of us are. And so the whole purpose of this podcast is to really like educate people on there's all different ways of being all the time and it phases in and out with life naturally. And I want Lisa to now speak for herself and I'm going to bring Lisa on to touch on that point and first of all say hello hello lisa my friend what's up hi hi can you like did you like resonate at all with what i was talking about like do you do you vibe with that because i like that's my interpretation (laughs) yes totally oh my god yeah it's it's um you have to be fluid if you know what my first thought when you were talking about that is like sometimes we are stripping sometimes we're doing something else like if you get really rigid about sex work, it does not work out. Like the only way that I would ever tell someone to be doing sex work and only focus on one avenue of it, like only stripping or only camming or whatever, is if you're balancing that out with another job or something because you can get burnt out so easily. Or if you want to be a full-time sex worker, if like that is your identity, yeah, like if you're going to be doing it and like you're only going to be working as a sex worker, like a full-time worker, you have to, I feel like you have to be open because like where we are right now, me only stripping, I got screwed, you know, like I didn't have any other income streams set up for myself, at least within sex work, you know, so it's, it's not, uh, I learned my lesson. It's not wise to put all your eggs in one basket. Especially as a sex worker, right? Because yeah. we have such a hard time, like we're constantly getting kicked off of shit. Yes. Yes. And like, like, you know, having like whore phobia definitely will not work out in your favor, like monetarily for yourself being that way. If, if that's how you're going to look at sex work is like, well, I only dance. I don't do other things. Then it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot because at some point it's going to come down to it. You know, like if you're full time, you know, something's going to happen where you're going to need to. Well, don't you think that that's like, so it's so funny because I have met 
I have been around other sex workers that have talked shit about cam, cam worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now they're all doing it. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you're now entering a world in which you shit on other people for doing it. And I'm sorry, if you're doing fucking sexual shit on Instagram or whatever, and you're not doing it mm-hmm. on, the, on live cam, how is that any fucking different? Yeah. The strippers are utilizing. Yeah, I have a really hard time with um, horror phobia against each other as sex workers. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as what you're saying, like, yeah, like only stripping it fucked you up. It's because, and sex work is so complicated as far as what we're allowed to do when we're allowed to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think like being in the club environment too, there's so much shaming of us when we're working within like this like legal environment that I think that it really starts to kind of, um, it like paraphrases your identity, like your life. Like it can only be this way because if I go outside of those boundaries and this environment, I'm going to get fired or other people talk about me or like, you know, like, so it kind of like, especially for strippers, I think it sets us up as you know, like having to obey, even if we're really not so that we don't get caught or like, we're not like, no one has a reason to like out us and, you know, make us lose our club job or. Yeah. I know. Like, I'm, a legal. I'm, yeah, a legal I'm a legal worker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you're doing mad illegal shit in the club all the time. I was. Yeah. I was doing like, I was doing whatever, like in the moment I felt comfortable with as far as sex work that was outside of the scope of what a stripper should be doing. I did that plenty. Yeah. So girl's an extras girl. Yeah. I was, I was a little (laughs) bit, I was a little bit of an extras girl. Um, and because that's what I was comfortable with. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's just, it's so complicated. And one of the other things that like is starting to happen is zoom is starting to crack down on, um, sex work because zoom doesn't yeah. be known. Right. As mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, who cares if they use it for sex, which they probably already were before. And you just, weren't I know. um, but also that leads me to the point of that, like sex workers are so fucking adaptable because we're constantly getting kicked off of your fucking platforms mm-hmm. that we have to figure out new things <laughs> i am all over this shit the past three days like i've been up night and day i woke up at 4 a.m today to try to do more research and figure out like my strategy with which platforms i'm gonna post on and you know, like how to link them together and all that. Like, it's crazy. Cause you never know, like just like one link in the chain gets broken and then you lose like your entire fan base or, you know, client base. Like it's fucked. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. Like being shadow banned on Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. like, how do I create engagement and, and like can continue to connect with my audience so that, um, I can get out the information to them that they need. And, um, and people like, Think that we're dumb, and that, and in the last episode of we were just on with Danica from um, Fifty Plus the Tip podcast. She was our last guest last week, and um, she she was talking about how oh, sex work is like the default for if you can't figure out your life, you do sex work as a default, right? Like I'm bad at math, I'll be a stripper, and it's like actually. Actually, you have to be extremely smart, adaptable, and think on your feet continuously as a sex worker. Mm-hmm. You have to be extremely clever. For sure. Like, you know, we make everything happen from just this, like just our body, just our personality. And I don't think that there's many jobs that are like that. Yeah. Just, I feel like we're born into it. I always like, um, I like have this like term that I use called cash sexual, like, my sexual orientation is towards money. So it doesn't really matter, like, doesn't matter, like, who it is. It's like, if you are paying me, I'm attracted to you. Like, that's the same sexual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually had it printed on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, my God, please give me one of those. I will. I, I'm actually looking for shirts that have words on them right now because I've run yeah. out. That's why I'm wearing, like, no clothes. Because <laughs> I'm like... Fuck it, I have no clothes with words on them. I'll just not wear clothes at all. 
Yeah, that's all I have. I'm a cash sexual. Girl, that shit was yeah. so viral. We have to make the shirt before yeah. the episode comes out so that nobody steals this idea. And we have like four weeks at least. Yeah, I need to trademark it. I need to trademark that shit. Yes, I actually made it because I have like this, um, I have like a stripper. Yeah, I have a stripper little group that I, on Instagram, um, it's just like an educational like sharing platform. And I made the shirts for that group. But then uh, COVID happened and like the printing press shut down. So I couldn't order anymore. <laughs> okay. Here's another good shirt. COVID happened with the emoji, like the, the girl, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. COVID happened. Yeah. Oops. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's so relevant. Yeah. We're coming up with so many genius ideas right now. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I just love you. Okay. We need to give some people some context because I know like everything about you, including what types of dudes you have sex with. So. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I know a lot about you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I had sex with my brother that one time. <laughs> Maybe several times. It's hilarious. I love it. I think I was oh, telling somebody that it. story. Is it okay if I talk about it? Is it okay if I mention it? Yeah, sure. So I think one of my, sure. I just need to give everybody some context. Like Lisa and I have been friends <laughs> for a minute and like Lisa lives in Chicago and so does my fam. And one night we were all out. What event were we at? We were somewhere. It was like a really cool like circus, like variety show thing. It was awesome. I remember what we were doing. Anyways, long story short, she met my brother that night and then ends up hooking up with my brother and then telling me the next day. And I was like, and it was the first time as an as any part of my life that a friend of mine had told me, my brother's eight years younger than me, he's, young, he's younger and he's my little brother. And she tells me like, oh, I had sex with your brother. And I was like, hey. I am 100% okay with that. And you're like, are you though? Like, are you really? And I'm like, yes, I am okay. We were at like a dive bar. I'm drinking terrible tea. Wine. I remember it so, so Oh my God. That's when I hustled that guy to pay for our bar tab. Was that? No, that was in New York. Was it? Was no, that, that was a different bar. It was, was a dive bar with all the pictures on the wall of like old, like Maxim covers or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you did that. Of course, because that's what we do. Because we have to. Oh, my God. But I just love it. I love that that happens. I feel more close. I feel closer to you. <laughs> it but was yeah. like a total accident. Yep. Oh, yeah. I accidentally sat on his dick. It happens all the time. It's like trip Don't over trust me. I have multiple accidents. <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I love it. It's a, and I think it's great. Um, and, and actually, so that brings me to, let's talk about this really quick. You have done bringing sexy back showcase in Chicago, which I produced mm -hmm. in the past. Yep. And I remember both of your sets very specifically, and that you were one of the few in those shows that was an active stripper at the time. Mm -hmm. And each time your show was above and beyond. As Aww, far thanks. as like the set, right? So the one mm -hmm. you were, you set up all the TVs in the room to have like a webcam video on it. Mm -hmm. You had a bed. Uh-huh. And it, it was, was a set up. <laughs> Oh, it was so set up. You you were creating an environment and an experience. And so I want to talk about that because I think in the pole community, something that that I see in comparison to the stripper community when it comes to feature shows as a stripper, mm -hmm. which you know what a feature show is, and I'm mm -hmm. going to explain to the um, civilians who are listening, a feature show with the strippers, and they come in and they come with props and like really big fancy costumes all of the music coincides with the theme a lot of times mm -hmm. there's a wet show like chocolate syrup yeah. or something you applied that to a regular like pole dance sexy show which is it was amazing thanks and so tell me like in taking that type of show and experience from like the stripper world enter into the pole dance world like what is that experience been for you what? Okay. Well, now that you're telling me all this, cause I've never really talked about my art with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I just put it out there. I don't know what anyone's going to think about it. And I think it's 
because like I don't really care like what people think. I just um, I usually come up with shit like at the last minute and it comes together really fast. So um, I think that, yeah, like, you know, I think like for me, like when I go in the space, I usually look around and see like how it's shaped and what I could use aside from just the pole. And I try to build that into whatever it is that I'm creating. And I have to, I have to feel the right song. It's always like something with the music and there's like a character involved with that. And it's always about sex work. Most of my pieces have some elements of that in there. Yeah. So like your second piece was you were a waitress, <laughs> but then you turned into an extremely sexual waitress and you climbed up on the table and then you put your feet on my brother's shoulders and you face fucked my brother. <laughs> there was a girl there too. Um, <laughs> We did not get were like a couple having dinner. <laughs> My sister and I were watching it and going, okay. <laughs> it was great. It was great. But my point is, is yes, obviously the waitress was um, a sex working waitress and she couldn't yeah. clean herself at the yeah. dinner table. Yeah. You're going to have there was some to send clips of that so we can share it. Ooh. I'm going to have to share that on the Instagram account. You know what, girl? Yeah. I probably have footage of it on a hard drive somewhere because I filmed all of it. I those. bet you do. Yeah. I am, I am the worst at recording shit. Like, I always forget to hand my phone to someone because I'm so nervous. And then yeah. but there, there's so many things I never recorded. It makes me sad. There's so many things I have recorded to the point where I'm like, <laughs> why am I recording? Why did I record that? Yeah. Um, so don't worry. I got you. I'm going to find that clip. I'm going to find that clip. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, the whole point is that like, as, as like a true performer, you really curate your shows and you create an experience. It's not just about being on the pole. It's about how do you make people feel immersed in this experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cause you know, after a while, like I know my limitations as a performer, like I'm not going to bust out crazy tricks, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the same things. I want to make it interesting for people. And to me, stripping is all about that. It's the connection. It's not even about like what I'm wearing that night or how my boobs are like after a while, they don't care. Like they come there for something else. They come there for another reason. I'm just there to like mirror it back to them. And that's kind of how I feel about performing for people in general or people in the pole community. It's like they come there for an experience and they all know pole. Most of them are pole dancers in the audience. So I don't want to just give them pull. Like I want to give them a story and yeah. maybe a little bit. I want to educate them. Like I want to be like, Hey, this is my world. And it's okay that you're here watching kind of like this safe replication of my world. And, um, it's okay to like, enjoy that. And it's okay to normalize it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so you, your acts are always like, some of my favorites. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you dance, you're a stripper in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we haven't really talked about on this show what stripping is like in Chicago. So we need to, you know, things vary from city to city and state to state. So like what's going on in Chicago? Well, we don't have that many strip clubs. Um, we have, technically three in the city proper then there's some like you know out in the suburbs there's a couple uh west and a couple south i've worked at a few of those but in the city proper we have three um we have the like cabaret license thing so you cannot have any nudity if there's alcohol being served so i work at the one club that um serves alcohol but we wear pasties the other one that's popular is full nude but it's a juice bar and there's the other one. I, I think they have like a, some sort of weird liquor license thing, like a bottle service. I don't know. Yeah. We have the same laws in California. Like if you, depending on what city you're in, like in Hollywood, you can't be topless and have alcohol, but you can in North Hollywood um, with like a distance rule and they can't, it can't be full alcohol. Cut to you go to Miami or Atlanta and it's like full nude, full alcohol, full everything. Who makes these decisions and why the fuck can't you trust? Like why? 
why can't I be nude with alcohol in the room? Like, what am I, in preschool? Because it's always our fault. That's the thing. It's like, if a customer gets wasted and starts acting like abusive or inappropriate, it's our fault, you know, because we got him drunk. We should have been monitoring him. Or, you know, like, they don't want to accept, like, assume responsibility for anything. So it's like, it's, they restrict us. Yeah, but also, like, who's in the positions, like, making the decision of, um, like, is that a morality thing? And, like, why, and I I don't expect you to know these answers, but it's, like, why in one state is that okay? And then in another state, it's not. Like, who's making those decisions? I think, like, I don't know. I'm not, like, really into politics, but I think that there's probably – you know, politicians have to keep a certain base of constituents happy. And if those constituents aren't, they have an issue with clubs, nightclubs, sex work, stripping, whatever, it's going, they're going to make the choice that keeps their constituents happy so that they can keep their position of power. You know, like, I, I think that's maybe what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Like it's I really said, I don't, I, yeah, like I said, I don't expect you to know. I'm asking like highly political legal questions right now. Right. <laughs> I don't expect you to know the answer to you. But um, what about like, so you, do, do you have any like specific um, issues that you feel like you're dealing with as far as like labor as a stripper in Chicago um, up against like your club owners? And can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I did, um, when I was, when I started working at my club in 2014, it was a different club. It was called VIPs and they, you know, stereotypical mob shit. Like you got to give us a percentage of your tips or we won't let you leave. You know, if you don't, they'll find a reason to fire you. I got suspended like three times at the time that I worked there. Um, you know, and it is very like mafia run and we were clearly employees because we had to, uh, if we came in at seven, we had to stay till two. And if you came in at nine, you had to stay till four. It's like, come on, like that's a shift. <laughs> you're yeah. an employee, but you're not giving me health insurance. You're not giving me any benefits. Like it's bullshit. And we also got paid at the checks because the way our funny money was cashed out, it would then go through the club and we got a paycheck from them. We have to explain so, funny money. Oh yeah. So funny money is like when a customer is like, Hey, I want to blow a grand in the champagne room, but I don't have enough cash. And also my club didn't have ATMs. That was their hustle. So of course he would have to buy this club money that looks like monopoly money that the club takes a percentage on. Like they take their 10%, you know, he buys a hundred dollars, the club charges them 110 and they keep the 10. And then at the end of the night, at the end of the room, he gives me the money and then I have to cash it back out to the club to get a check from them before they let me leave that night. So guess how much I lose from the club, from the funny money? What? 25%. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I just want to be very clear. I just, I just want to like break this down into bullet points for civilians. And then, mm-hmm. I, and then I love doing this for strippers too, because it's like when we say these things out loud, it's like, holy fuck, right? Okay. So it hurts. I'm the customer. I want $100 in funny money. I have to spend 110 The club gets $10. Um, then the club, so then the customer gives you a hundred dollars and the club takes uh, a percentage of your dances. And then when you turn in the funny money at the end of the night, the club takes a percentage of the funny money from you also. Yes. So they're making a cert, they're making, they're getting a charge off of the actual charge. They may get the charge off of your Uh dances and then they get the charge off of your exchange rate on top of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like, I had kind of a hustle worked out at that club where like, because if I knew a customer was going to do funny money, but he would want to do like a half an hour in the champagne or, you know, like I would basically be losing 45% of that funny money, you know? So I'd walk out, it was like a 250 room. I'd walk out with like 180 or something like that. So I figured out a way, well, okay. Instead of doing that, where they're going to take out the additional 20% that additional 20% is the tip out to the VIP host for like doing their job, which they never did. Um, I would just be like, how about I do a couple extra dances for you on the floor? And then I don't have to give out that extra 20% because I would always skim the club at my tip out at the end of the night. I never tip them appropriately. This is what I'm talking about. The fucking workarounds that we have to come up with. And and we don't know math. The fucking 
workarounds. I can't even tell you how many workarounds I had. I had such a fucking hardcore hustle system going on. I had bouncers in my pocket that were working for me. Oh yeah. I made so much extra money. I had like deals with them on the side. I was basically stealing from the club that was stealing from me. And yeah. Oh yeah. I, and I was stealing from the customers. I was, I figured out how to like trick them and overcharge them, how to get under dances on the board, how to like, who, who was in my pocket, who was working with me. It was a full on fucking system and how to keep all of the managers in the dark at the same time. And then they're like, how many getting, they're like, you don't have as many dances on the board as you used to have. And I was like, oh, I guess I just suck at getting dances. And <laughs> yeah, I'm going through a rough time right now, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was doubling my income. Yeah. How long did it take you to get to that point where you had figured out how to hustle the club? About a year and a half, a year, year and a half. Wow. No, that's good. Long. I was like such a... I was an honest dancer for like most of my career. I was like, no, I can't. I don't want to steal from the club. I don't want to. Then I fucked myself because I could have been making way more, you know. I was not. I was not an honest <laughs> I was not. To the club. To my gal. Yeah, no. I was yeah. true to them as I could have been. I was also mm-hmm. learning. I made a lot of mistakes. We could talk about that another yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Things we must navigate. Um, so, you know, we were talking on the phone the other day and you were talking about some hella smart shit. Um, aren't you going back to school? You're, you're taking lessons in, um, yeah. you want to say it? Cause I'm going to fuck it up. You say it. (laughs) So, um, I was, uh, doing some UX design study stuff. Um, I've been trying to go back to school for like the past two years and I've been in the program twice and dropped out just because... It is really fucking hard to juggle a nighttime stripping schedule and try to get up to speed with like, you know, I've been working on my feet for like 11 years. So I'm trying to like go back to school and learn, relearn technology and it's just a pain in the ass. So um, this is my third time going and my school actually just canceled the program last week. So I have to wait like probably like another, I don't know, six months until they run it again. But yeah, so I want to, it's cool because like the experience thing that I do with like pole dance and creating environments, like I figure I could probably take that concept and apply it to like, you know, making apps or technology and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. And just to be clear for context, um, you know, they, they canceled the program due to COVID, COVID. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, this is something that it's interesting that you want to build a platform for sex workers because like for the last couple of years with the discrimination happening online with social media, with Instagram, Facebook, um, PayPal, Venmo, Mm -hmm. all of those things that people rely on so heavily are the things that people don't understand how often we are kicked off of blocked and thrown into shadows. And so I just think it's so important for, you know, highly intelligent sex workers to be interested in building these types of platforms for us. Totally. It's the only way that we're going to change the world. Like I kind of had to have this like moment of rationalization with myself. I could sit here and get mad all day about it and like, you know, fuck the government and do protests. And like that stuff's all good because it helps us find each other. But if we really want to change the world, for sex workers, we have to go out into the world with value and put ourselves in high positions of authority so that we get to call the shots. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And so then how do we navigate the terrain with the current FOSTA, SESTA in place? Because ultimately, like that's that's why Tumblr, Tumblr completely changed their business model due to the signing of FOSTA, SESTA. Craigslist lost their personal section um back page got completely shut down um so it's like so what do we build our own platform and then what we get dragged into like federal court because we're violating the terms of fosta sesta yeah i'm like i think about that too i'm afraid of that um but i also think that the world i know i'm i'm an optimist i think the world is waking up it's waking up a lot slower than we want it to. Like, I know we talked about this. Like, I feel like the next generation is going to reap the benefits of like our hard work and like everything that we didn't get to enjoy because, um, 
I think it humans just take a while to evolve and like sex workers are very evolved people. Yeah. And uh, we, we, you know, like I know that I know that people around me that thought differently about sex work definitely understand a little bit better now. And like that just creates like a ripple effect. Like they're going to talk to people about it and they're, you know, maybe not everyone's going to get it, but if the majority of America can understand, then, then that's enough. You know, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> also, and- I know other people you should talk to about this. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll hook you up. Yeah, hook me up, clean. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in it, um, there was something that you said um, about the next generation. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, you know. that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> so they don't have to have these fucking struggles. Like, okay, let's get real. Let's get real. Yeah. So I did, I posted this photo of myself on Instagram the other day and I was like this, I was like, eh. right? Like if you can't yeah. see me, if you're only listening and not watching the YouTube version, you're missing out and grabbing my tits. Me too. And I'm sticking <laughs> my tongue out and I'm going eh, like that. Yeah. And I put it up on, and I like, I fucking put glitter pasties, like post, I post edited, but glitter pasties on my tits and like, it was really beautiful. And I did the zoom out. So my tits weren't too big on screen and I'm not fucking shitting you. I posted it and immediately, immediately it was taken down and it violated guidelines. Meanwhile, you could see partial nipple covered by a fake glitter pasty. And all it was was me holding my tits. And the only reason I put the pasty on is because you could partially see my nipple. And that's still me holding my breasts violated their community guidelines. And I'm going to be truthful. I cried about it. (laughs) I did. I'm sure everyone listening right now is crying about it too. I fucking cried about it because I'm like, fuck, I covered. I'm covered. And the whole post was like, this is my religion. Um, this is me being fully self-expressed. And these are the principles of being fully self-expressed and loving thyself. And like, it was this very like, and it was like, no, you're not allowed to be that way. And it was just like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> I was so fucking sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up ma- making a different post with just like, it was cut off just above my tits and I'm doing something slightly similar, but very little different. And that was okay. And, um, and it didn't get as many likes because my followers want to see my body. Yeah. It, and, and, and now also I'm more shadow banned than before because I'm fully self-expressing. Yeah. Um, so I haven't, I haven't, has your account been deleted completely before? Or just no, not yet, not yet. Okay, no. So I don't know if this would like apply to you or like if you deleted your account, and restarted it. But I was listening to an interview with um, uh, what's her name, Jessica Starling, and okay. she was saying that if if your account gets deleted for inappropriate content on Instagram, and you recreate that account at the same IP address, like you're in the same location, it automatically like flags them like their algorithm or whatever and it will both find you and delete you right away so maybe if that's true then maybe there's something to do with like because they have flagged your posts in the past like you're high up on the algorithm so as soon as you put something up it's like it gets filtered out right away yeah that's really good to know yeah i don't know how to like get around that but the algorithms and the robots are no joke and you know what's so funny that you just said i don't know how to get around that we immediately go there. We're like, oh, how do I get around <laughs> this? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like the sex worker's like mindset. It's like, oh, how do I sneak through that little crack in the wall right there? Nope, not the big one. Like, I want to go through there. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, that's what it's like. It's so baffling to me, like the misconception that we're dumb. And I talk about this all the time. I'm talking about this all the time, that we're so stupid. We're so dumb. It's actually like, no, we're actually like Mission Impossible spies. Like, that's yeah. how clever we are. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you have to be from fucking Jump Street because you're not accepted anywhere. You're kicked out of everything. You have to navigate. You have to maneuver. Ugh. Yeah. So, yes. Okay, can you please create this platform that you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So when, when COVID is over, um, you're going to go back to school and learn big stuff, right? Yeah. And your goal, just to reiterate, your, your goal is to make stuff for sex workers. Yeah, I'm hoping. I don't know what it's going to grab the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be. I have like a little bit of lag. Um, oh, gotcha. I don't, I don't totally know what it's going to be, but I've had like some, I've had like a book, just like this notebook is just like full of ideas of things, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I've been building like, um, well, my partner does coding and all that stuff that I don't understand, but we built a database called Quarantine Poll to put all the online poll classes in one one schedule for now and it's kind of janky but it works you know so like I've been kind of testing stuff like that to bring at least pull together in one place and then um I have some ideas you know for later on stuff like that okay yeah I don't really know like I I like designing things um I I'm not a good illustrator but I always I have like so many ideas of like linking things together and I think I'm, I'm really good at finding really brilliant talented people so I'll probably do something like a project management type of thing with um, some sort of like stripper related or sex worker related app or fuck like if I could build a platform someday that would be super sweet yeah mm-hmm. yeah it definitely would be super sweet. So something that is really important that um, I talk to about guests like you is the the fact that you identify and and exist in the pole dance industry, and also you're a stripper, which obviously you know I have identified as such as both types for a long time, and like the I I kind of want to hear from you like the pros and cons and the stigmas that we've been up against within the industry of pole dancing, which was built by strippers. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like what, what's happening? Like what's occurring for you in your world regarding those two things? Yeah. So I actually, um, I kind of quit polling for like, I don't know, two years or so. Like I just kind of stopped. Yay. and like I felt really bad about it like I was having like autoimmune things and like it was just like a health thing like my body needed to not have any stress like I couldn't even really do yoga like I was in so much pain um but I feel better and I've been pulling again recently and um it's been interesting seeing the people that I I still connect with in pull um and we've had a lot of interesting conversations about sex work I have like these really enlightened individuals around me within the pole community that like actually ask, is this okay? Or what does this mean? I don't understand. Uh, so it's a lot different than it was. Uh, I started doing pole like almost 10, right around the same time I started stripping. I don't consider them the same thing, but I started learning pole like six months after I started stripping. So yeah, I mean, um, no, they're definitely not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, back then it, I remember I got kicked out of a studio <laughs> for making like a sexy video for like a Janine butterfly contest. And I had like a pair of like black underwear that were slightly see-through and like a teacher went and complained. And then there was this like email that went out. It was called flirty girl fitness. And they wrote, we're flirty girls, not dirty girls. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I was renting the space. Like I rented the space for like a hundred dollars an hour. And like they complained and kicked me out. Pretty Golf Fitness where? Were you in Michigan? In Chicago. In Chicago. They're no longer around. They were like one of those kind of like super Barbie pink boutique gyms with like butterflies. Is that the one where they would drink? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing about them back in the day, and I remember being so appalled that they were teaching pole fitness, and they had a bar. Yeah. And I was like... like people walk around with martinis, like... You can't teach like, civilians how to pole dance while drunk on martinis. Like, no. only, only strippers can do that. You have to know your lane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's anyone that can pole dance while they're shit-faced, it's a stripper, so... 100% that we're professionals that can do that. <laughs> Girl, I have been so fucking high on drugs, on several <laughs> things. I've done all kinds of shit while stripping. 
Yeah, because you're not <laughs> doing fucking handsprings. You're not doing turns. No. You're doing like, yeah, and, I mean, pole dancing, but not. I mean, let's uh, let's be real though. I was doing some pretty dangerous shit, and I would be shit faced. Let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. Um, but yeah, yeah, that fucking sucks, man. And that like that was that culture during that time because I think that they were around back in like probably 2009, 10, 11, like those years. And there was yeah. a lot less education around yeah. sex work and around like the acceptance of strippers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's definitely even like in the past year or two, like kind of like since FOSSA SESTA, I've noticed people have changed even more. Like, like yeah, I remember being at, at some like pool events or like studios and no one would ever say this to me, but they would be talking about like someone just, it's, it's the slightest little thing, but you know what they're saying, but they don't realize what they're saying. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. So-and-so got a job doing this now. And those like someone was saying, well, yeah, you know, she really needed to, to do something else, you know, like something else. What do you mean by that? Or someone once said to me, I was talking about how I had to get ready for um, football season, you know, yeah. for the Super Bowl. I'm like, I yeah. got to start paying attention to who's winning, you know, so I know what to talk about at the bar with the guys. And the person was like, well, aren't you an overachiever? And I'm like, you know, if I was a doctor and I was going to a conference to learn how to do a new surgery or something, everyone would be like, good job. Like you're, you're, you really care about your profession and helping people. But if I'm a stripper and I'm trying to learn about things that guys like, so I can be better at my job, I'm overachieving at something that, you know, isn't really worth achieving. Girl, you know, I like, kept a dude in the fucking skybox at Sapphire for $500 an hour for six fucking hours because I like blow and I like football. Okay, and I talked to him about football while I did lines of cocaine with him for six fucking hours. I made $3,500 that day because I know shit about football, okay? And also, I can do cartwheels, which he also likes. So. <laughs> That's not what it is, though. And, like, just to kind of, like, chime off of what you were saying earlier about how smart we are, we meet so many different types of customers that we have to learn about the things that they care about. So over the years, like I have learned about the most like random shit. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But if it wasn't for those customers, I wouldn't have the knowledge I have to be a better person. Like I, right. I have customers that like paid me to teach me about finance. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. I'd also like to mention that I just made several comments about how fucked up that I used to get as a stripper. I also do that as a normal person, <laughs> I like to sometimes do drugs and get fucked up, okay? Uh, I'm actually planning a mushroom night soon, so, you know, <laughs> I just really want to make sure everyone understands that I don't do a bunch of drugs and get fucked up because as a stripper, I do it because that's just what I like to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I dropped acid for the first time last year, and then it was just it was a thing like I would like go to other people's places and we'd have an acid party and it was amazing. Never done acid. I never did drugs when I stripped. Oh, I, <laughs> I did. I, I actually started doing cocaine before stripping. So I went in like I was very, I was already experienced. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I did ecstasy and all that before stripping. I actually quit ecstasy mm -hmm. as a stripper when during my stripping career, I was like, this shit is whack as fuck dude but yeah. you know i say all of that to say that like my drug experiences and my party experiences has nothing to do with me being a stripper i've partied before no. being a stripper after being a stripper all the times in between because that's like because i'm a free spirit man yeah know. and like yeah. the stereotype i hate that stereotype because i'm pretty sure I, I know for a fact that I have done champagne rooms with doctors and lawyers that were fucking coked out of their minds. And like, it doesn't take having the title of stripper to be yeah. a cokehead or whatever, you know, that's just a human thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like drugs. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to someone recently who was like, Oh, well, I guess like, like that kind of behavior is like really prevalent though. Right. And I was like, aren't you an actor? <laughs> right. But like actors, like I, we, I was just talking about how Drew Barrymore was snorting cocaine, snorting cocaine at ten years old. Like, oh my <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get off my fucking yeah. neck. Yeah, yeah. No, 
not because I'm a stripper. It's because it's the entertainment world and like people like to party. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I could talk to you for hours. Thank God we're friends. We're forever friends. <laughs> all the time whenever I want. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. Yeah, I have so many. Well, let's just pick one, maybe two. I know. It's yeah. so hard. Okay. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are new entering stripping, watch the other women in the room yes. and see who does really well and try to make them your friend. Don't be like all in their business while they're working, but you know, like do them a favor. Like if you get a guy that wants two girls, grab that girl and be like, Hey, you know, like she's going to teach you things. And if, if you can't do that, just like, and you need help and you're sucking at it, go to her and be like, how much do you charge for, for consulting? Like how much I need to talk to someone to learn how to do this better. Because if you, if you learn those tricks right away, you will make money faster. It is a small investment. Your return will be much greater. So yeah, learn from the, the veterans. The ones making all the money are like the ones that are in their 30s and 40s anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, they've yeah. been doing it for a long time. And mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. That's like, that's so good. Because that's exactly how I got really good at what I was doing is I watched two was successful. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One more. Um, get a really good accountant and incorporate yourself. <laughs> Pay yourself through your business. Yeah. And you know, I want to follow up on that in that, like, depending on what your state is and what your state mm-hmm. regulations are, really look into that and like, understand that what you're doing is an actual career and a business because I yeah. think a lot of like people come into it. Like, I just want to do it because I'm under the radar and it's like a secret job. Well, yes and no. Yeah. They will always trace you, so do what's right. Yeah. Do what you can to be, yeah, legit. Pay your taxes. Exactly. Pay your taxes so that you can get your stimulus check when exactly. there's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get ready for our rapid-fire question round. It's time for four for one. All right, here we go. Four for one time. Number one. Have you ever been on a sex bender? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Okay. How long? Okay. Follow up. How long? Oh, a couple days. Okay. <laughs> I used to go to like swinger parties, like, you know, weekend swinger parties. So. Oh, you're amazing. You need to FaceTime. <laughs> um, FaceTime sex. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. I'm a hard Only if you no. pay me. <laughs> Only if you pay me? I'm like yeah. a hard no. I'm like, I don't find any enjoyment in this um i'd rather watch <laughs> Pornhub while i'm fingering myself all right <clears throat> how often do you wash your stripper panties be honest like, once every eight to ten wears <laughs> well, okay okay we were we were uh we were briefs over our thongs so like the the stripper underwear that we wear the regulation underwear never touches my okay 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 <laughs> No, my thongs get washed every day. <laughs> okay, like, okay. They're like boy shorts, kind of. Um, they're weird. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That just made me sound so gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though. All right. And I would charge a guy like 10 times extra for those panties, so. You don't? You do charge them extra? I would. If a guy wanted to buy my dirty, funky panties, I'd be like, okay, that's like $500. 500 Wow. That's, <laughs> he probably that's pay high-end dirty panties right there. <laughs> Last question. Does your work as a sex worker seep into your sexual fantasies IRL? Totally. Yeah. Oh, it's not just me. I used to have fantasies of getting paid, uh, well, escorting fantasies. Like, I would talk to my boyfriend about it. Okay, so I'm going to meet you at the bar, and you're telling like you don't know me, and then we're going to, like, you know, have a conversation, and then um, we're going to go get a hotel room, and then you're going to put money in the, on the bed for me and then we're gonna do a thing and then i'm gonna leave you know like nothing ever happened you don't i mean like same it's like so yeah. <laughs> like there's money on the dresser and then they yeah. like they can't and then they want something and i'm like it's extra and then they give me my, yeah. <laughs> like creamy in my pants yeah what is yeah. that it's it's you know it's the um 
it's where we get to have control of the fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't, you know, I mean, we have boundaries, but like at the, at the end of the, the day, they're still paying for the experience that they want. So it's not really about our pleasure. And, you know, they're usually gross and we're not attracted to them. But if it's someone yeah. that we're attracted to, it's like, I get the hot guy that wants me. I get to be in control. I get the money. I get to have an orgasm and I get to say how this goes. Yeah. That's it. Okay, great. Oh, I'm so glad I asked this question. A lot of times in four for ones, I ask questions that are pertain to me as well. <laughs> and that was totally one of them. Um, okay. I'm so glad to know that I'm not alone in that. That makes no, me not at all. good. Oh, thank you for appeasing me and helping me <laughs> work through my own shit. Um, amazing. Darling, how can everyone find out more about you and support you in your journey? Well, um, I have an Instagram. It's pull your heart out, like pole dance, P-O-L-E. Um, I have an OnlyFans. I'm still setting that up, you know, but like if you want to creep on me there, um, it's the Aurora Sky. Uh, Say it again. Twitter. The, the Aurora Sky. That's the Aurora Sky. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it might change, though. I'm, I'm changing the branding of all that already. I get you. Um, yeah, but yeah, I have like Twitter and all that shit too. But I'm mostly pull on your heart out. Yeah, pull your heart out is where I am. Okay, we got it. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. You're so welcome. What a blast! What a pleasure! And I love you dearly. I love um, you too. Thank you, and thank you to everyone for tuning in. As always, yes, the Stripper Podcast airs every Wednesday everywhere that you find podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will definitely see you next time. Bye. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at yes a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to Yes, a Stripper Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com. <laughs>